Hi, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Check it out. I got to give a big shout out to my show sponsor, my friends over at AVLX. I also have to give a big shout out to Charles Henry and Ace Young, the amazing performers and producers of the music behind the show, as well as the amazing people that make up the Hit Lab creative team who are the producers of the show. Folks, I have a favor to ask. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, click that subscribe button to make sure you get alerted when new episodes are dropped. Thanks for tuning in. The real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and in the studio with me today in the Hit Lab, I got a very special treat for you. We're talking marketing, we're talking advertising, and I got an excellent, I got a specialist. I got somebody that knows exactly what they're talking about, and they've been extremely successful doing it. In the studio today, I've got the founder owner and CEO of Unblurred Media, which is a full-service advertising company based right out of our hometown here in Nashville, Tennessee. I've got Kristen Kukta in the house. Kristen, thanks so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. Well, I got to address the elephant in the room first. Okay. All right. <laughs> so because as a young business owner years ago, I didn't know the answer to this. All right. So every, and a lot of our audience is, um, a lot of folks who are seeking, um, to start their own business. Maybe they're new business owners, a lot of small businesses, um, or just people that are seeking leadership advice, um, quality of life, all that. Right. So what in the world is a full service advertising company? That is a great question. I get asked that a lot, or people are confused uh, not knowing what we do. But basically, we can put together anything. Um, one of the reasons I started my own company is because every business is different, even if it's the same type of business, the way people work, the way they put stuff out. So basically, what we do is a full service. We can do everything from TV, radio, billboard, print, digital, social media. Um, we still have grassroots campaigns in cities in Florida with clients that are in very rural areas. Um, we've even done... Yellow Book. Yellow Book still exists, exists mm. guys. Um, so basically, as a full service, we do it all. Um, I've been lucky enough to build a staff of about nine individuals right now mm. that are experts in their fields. So if it comes to media buying, we know exactly how to negotiate rates, how to argue with them when they're charging us too much. Um, same thing with digital is being able to, you know, almost like being your own Facebook specialist. I've got the team that's actually Facebook certified you know, specialist. So when it comes to anybody wanting to do advertising, we, we don't cookie cut it. We don't, mm. everything gets custom. So I can look at you and say, okay, what are your goals? And you could have completely different goals. So as a full service, we offer everything that has to do with advertising, including event planning, grassroots marketing, um, influencer marketing, digital, but we customize it to fit you. That's fantastic. Um, so I love um, marketing. I love advertising it from uh, the past uh, career in the hospitality industry. If you did not, were not a good marketer or a good promoter, you did not make very much money. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't generate much revenue. Um, so I'm fascinated by it. The creative a uh, element is a lot, whole lot of fun if you're a creative person, right? So, um, 
When uh, you mentioned that uh, you have a team of of nine and they're all qualified experts, mm-hmm. there's probably like I get hit up just in in um, emails that I didn't sign up for with company after company after company claiming to do a lot of the things that you just said. Yet there's no qualifications behind it, no, right? No, it's. I think the thing is, is is weird. It's it's. We need more marketing now, and I've noticed that even more after COVID, and knock on wood, we were really lucky. Uh, We were busy. You know, the first month, I think everyone was scared, but, and I think that's a bigger thing. There's so many more people out there selling the same thing you're selling Mm -hmm. that you have to stand out in marketing, and companies here in Nashville that'll close, and you know, I've been here 15 years, and I hate sometimes the aspect of us closing restaurants that have been here for 20 plus years. But I think the biggest thing too, it's the Uber taxi driver effect. Yeah. It's like, you've got to change or get out of the way. You know, it's like, you got to evolve if, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is people are evolving. But at the same time, like we talked about earlier, you've got these companies out there that are telling you as a person who is, you know, someone who has no idea about marketing, you know, they might be, um, a doctor, a dentist, or, you know, not saying they don't know marketing, they don't know the ins and outs of it. And they're trying to tell them they can become their own marketing expert. Mm. When we all know this, that, you know, my job is to come in and let you do what you're good at and me market it. So you you're not worrying about that. Oh, so <laughs> that's a big hit that you added to the hit streak right there. That's a big one. Um, all right. So before we get too much further into um, in, in the marketing and in the marketing ad- advertising aspect, let's talk a little bit a little bit about how you became the person you are today and how your company got to where it is today, right? So because when I met you, you were not the founder and CEO of your company. I was not right. So you were actually. I've got it right here in my notes. Where is it? Um, what did you? So all right, tell me the name of the book. You'll tell me faster than I can find it. So I worked in. So I went to school at Loyola University of Chicago. There you and, go. And uh, I moved here right after college. Um, and you know, I grew up in a business family. Like my my family's own import export sales. You know, right now it's Great Western Reserve. So my mm-hmm. dad does fundraising. Um, and so he imports and exports different products. There, my brother's currently down in Florida right now with his six children, at a conference. Um, so I grew up in sales. I grew up in market. I grew up in understanding how business worked. And my dad always always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Oh, yep. There's another <laughs> one. And I think it's really been just aligning yourself with relationships. And I think that's one thing that we forget. And it's it's you know if you want to grow, it's all about relationships. And you know I. Joke, if anyone knows me, I can talk to a wall. I actually get made of, of talking to random people all the time. But you never know who you're talking to. <laughs> That's right. You never know what they can do. And I feel like sometimes down here, and I guess this is I've lived here for 15 years, people tend to want to get to know someone to know what they can do for them mm-hmm. instead of understanding where they actually come from. And You're, all, you're, so, you're on fire right now. Yeah. So when I first moved down here, I worked for a health club and day spa, and I absolutely loved them. But it, you know, it's back then when people think that you could market a multi-million dollar facility for 500 bucks a month. Okay. And um, so when I was just not happy with the job, my girlfriend's like, hey, come work for Tin Roof. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to go back and go into bartending and serving again because, you know, I did that in college. And, you know, I laughed because it was one of the best opportunities I've had. And I and I love the Tin Roof Corporation and, and stuff like that. And it really kind of started my relationships here in Nashville. And I'd had a marketing degree, marketing management degree from business with a minor in psychology. You're one of the few people I know with a marketing degree that actually figured out how to make money in marketing after they got out of school. But you know what I joke about? I feel like I use my psychology degree more than I do my marketing degree in that's marketing. An, that's another. <laughs> every, every 
Every CEO is a psychologist of some degree. Oh, Lord, I feel like sometimes I'm a therapist too, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) But, you know, so I started there. I met so many different people. And, um, you know, it was was funny because I remember one day my dad called me and it wasn't that he was dissing on bartenders. He's like, you know, I sent you to Loyola University. Like, you know, I thought you'd be working, you know, this. And he said, when are you going to get a real job? And I looked at him and I said, well, my fake job stops paying the bills. Mm. And he looks at me, he goes, all right. I won't ask that question again. That's right. And so, you know, it was a great stepping stone, but it was also, you know, I actually ended up meeting my, the first actually advertising corporation job that I had was from the Tin Roof. And so they're a great agency. It's just, you know, I mean, you know why everyone else leaves or starts, you know, just, I always joke. I said, I'm not the greatest employee, but I'm a really good boss. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and I joke sometimes that you can't be either. Um, but, you know, I've just always been very opinionated. And I feel like when I'm in certain situations and one of my things is like, you know, if you can't do something, tell someone you can't do it. Sure. Honesty. Say I'll figure it out, but I'm not going to tell someone. So that was kind of one of the reasons I well, kind of ventured off and they started. They can smell the BS meter going up when you're faking it. You know what I'm saying? Just be honest. Tell them, like, I don't know, but I'll find out. I'll, I'll, let me get that and I'll get the information right back to you. There's also a reason I'm not a poker player because I have a horrible poker face. <laughs> So. Well, you mentioned a minute ago that uh, your friends pick at you for you could um, speak to a wall. Well, they call it the gift of gab, not the curse, right? So it's the gift of gab. And uh, I've been said that I have that as well, which is so it's like if you have a gift, then go out and use it. Exactly. I mean, it wouldn't be the relationships that I have if I didn't talk to every stranger. There you go. You know, you never know. And it's not even that. It's like, you know, you can meet someone. You know, I always joked when I used to travel a lot um, with the agency before I started mine. And, you know, I was down in Houston once and I became best friends with the hotel bar guy because mm-hmm. like friends with him because it was like, that's who I talk to every night. You know, yep. everyone, when you travel for business and they don't, they've never traveled for business, they think it's so cool. Like you get to go to all these different cities. You're right. You're like, I spent 12 hours in a client's office. I came home to left takeout Thai food and a movie in my hotel room. And I stopped to have a, a drink at the hotel bar just because I literally needed to decompress. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I think they think that it's like the influencer world where they, you know, make it look all good on paper mm-hmm. but then it's like if you actually live it you're exhausted that's right you know those 5 a.m flights and then mm-hmm. you know staying i mean so that was great but you know that was one of the things is just going to these different cities and, and just randomly talking to people and it's like even someone that might not be the next ceo of a company it's like you can learn a lot yes and i've you know i've always said listen you know listen to understand not listen to respond and i feel like i've even even though I say that, I still have to do it and tell myself that on a daily mm. basis because I feel like so much in today's world, including on social media, is you listen or you read to react. Mm-hmm. And really, you need to, to understand mm. and understand where people come from. Yes, ma'am. So um, as a, a guy that has um, been labeled uh, somebody that builds sales forces, okay, mm-hmm. Um, the word sales has been associated with my name for, um, quite some time. And, um, but here's what I've learned about the sale. Um, there is no sale if there wasn't some marketing that came first. You can't buy from a company that you don't know exists. Or know what they sell. That's right. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, especially when it comes to just like, um, social media, for instance, everybody has their favorite one. Well, I don't do that one because I don't like it. I'm, and the question that we always like to ask is, is because especially in the in the world of um, of insurance, it's it's very internet lead driven. So you you do a lot of internet and email marketing or text message and email marketing. But the question that we used to always ask was, well, if the person that you can help goes to Facebook to find you, will, will you be there? If they go to Instagram to find you, will you be there? Like so, 
all the platforms are good, right? All of them. They are. And you got to figure out which ones are the most effective for your business to find your, for your customers to find you, right? Well, I think it's, it's also, it also depends. It's like, you know, we were just talking about a friend of yours is a plastic surgeon and he's mm-hmm. great. He's killing it on Instagram. And, you know, it's like there are some clientele that, that depending on their services, like we had a dermatologist once that was, was heavy on older demographics. Mm-hmm. So she was looking at 45, 50 plus. Instagram is not 45, 50 plus. It's 23 and up at this right. point. And so, you know, you can even have two plastic surgeons, but depending on who they're going after, it could be a completely different marketing campaign. That's right. And I think that's the biggest problem is people think it's a one size fit all. Or one of the other things that I come into is someone's like, oh, we're exclusive. We just do insurance marketing. Well, I can market poop if I yeah. know how to market. Like, I don't have to be an expert in, in dog poop. That's <laughs> like, right. And so I always joke about that. And, and I get it. There's a niche and then people... And now there's granted, there's certain industries that I haven't really touched, like car dealerships, because sure. they're all over the place. But I think it's it's creating that network. But like you're saying, it's like we were just discussing, I won't even say, a certain bar restaurant during the snowstorm. And everyone's like, hey, we're going to go there. I think it's the only place open. And I said, well, let me check their social. They hadn't had a post since 2018. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we don't need it. And I'm like, dude. Do you? <laughs> so let me, let me tell you a funny story about an agent um, from the uh, from the past. So there was a um, a guy that was uh, an agent, and um, he had finally bought into social media marketing. And But like most, he did it for like, he made like three posts and was like, man, it's not working. Um, you know, and, and, uh, but we finally got him to, to commit to it and he did it for like two months and, and had some momentum. And then for whatever reason, like everybody else, he just stopped for no reason. Right. And, and you ask him why he's like, oh, you know, I don't really know why I stopped. I just kind of did. Somebody called me, a, a tr- an actual person called me that knew him and said, Hey, did, did he close down his agency? And I was like, no, why? Because he just all of a sudden stopped promoting it on social. Well, I think too, you know, I don't know if this was his excuse though, but a lot of times I see clients do that and then it's like, well, we'll handle our, your, your social media manager is too expensive. So we'll just handle our own. And I'm like, well, you can't do one post a week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't have time for it. And it's, it's funny. I actually had a buddy that opened a bar and he, I quoted him out for social media and he's like, that's too expensive. And about two months later he calls me and he's like, I now know why you charge that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? He goes, it's a full-time job. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's like getting out. And I think this also ultimately comes back. It's like, yeah, he probably didn't have time to do his own social. Because social media is a lot of work. Yes. Content creation is not just simply throw up a post. If you want to be relevant, you've got to be unique. You've got to yes. come up with creative ideas. But I think it also goes back to a lot of people look at marketing as an expense and not an investment. It's like, oh, you, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes. Land thing. Oh, yes. You know, you built this studio. It's amazing. Mm. But if, you. if, you, if, if, you know, you, you can build an amazing business and amazing, but if no one knows about you, right. it doesn't matter. But mm. then the, what they see it and another one of my buddies gave me, you know, I've been very lucky with business mentors and, and friends that have helped lead me, you know, when I first started my company and like literally was about to jump off a cliff. <laughs> I joke that I fire myself once a day. Um, but, you know, I think it, it's, it's when you are working with people that are living off of their revenue, mm-hmm. you have to be careful. Okay. Because when you charge them for marketing, you're taking out of their pocket, not their business. It's like I could go sign three new clients this week and my business manager who is the best has me on a budget. So it doesn't just because I signed three new clients doesn't mean I'm getting more money in my my pocketbook. Yep. You know, it's going back into the business, it's going into an investment. And I think the biggest problem when you work with people that are living off of their profits, mm. you're now an expense to them even more. Because they're cutting out of there. And that's the thing with businesses. It's like you can build this building. You can pay for, you know, the TVs, this, the, the, the audio, the this. But 
spending money to let everyone know that you have this is an expense to people. And you're like, no, it's actually an investment. That's right. Like I've had clients that were making three to $3 to every $1 they were spending. And he was an older guy and he was handing it off to his family and he would joke. And he's like, I know for a fact we're making this, but my children would rather go out to, you know, bougie vacations than to invest it back and make it pay off in 10 years. And it was, that, that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, even though some people know they're tripling their money on advertising, they still don't see mm. it as needed. So normally we would, I would ask this question towards the end of the episode, but I feel like we're, it's, it's a great place to be right now because um, I learned something in 2015. Um, we did, me and another guy, um, did a movies in the park series here in Nashville. And, and, um, and we had two great seasons that we did it and, um, it did really well, but he taught me something because like most, the mistake most, um, business owners make, especially the small business owners, like nobody spends enough money on marketing. First of all, you can, I don't, I, I do not believe you can promote too much. I do not believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe you can promote the wrong thing. But I don't think you can promote something good too many times. Good never gets old. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he taught me um, because we were using um, a company that he had recommended to me. And I was like, golly, man, that's like three times more than I've ever spent. And he was like, dude, this is like industry average. These are not even guys on the high end. He was like, why do you want the cheapest? And I was like, well, I, I don't know if I said I wanted the cheapest. He goes, yes, you did. You just said it. <laughs> It's true. And I was like, I don't, you know, I've never thought of it that way. Um, I don't want the cheapest. I'm not wearing the cheapest pair of shoes. I don't drive the cheapest car. I don't have the cheapest house. Cheapest has never been good to me, actually, no. with any critical decision that I've made, especially in the form of an investment. So, and people make that decision all the time. So, like, what are some of the most common misconceptions that you deal with? Because you do not take on every client no. that comes to you. You handpick the ones that you work with, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's a beautiful place to be in business because you know who you, you know, you're on it, you know, who you can help and, um, and, and you're able to manage, you're able to forecast, manage cash flow, all the things that you need to do to run your business successfully. Right. So what are some common misconceptions that we need to clear up right now for all of folks? I guess, I guess it's, I guess it's tough because it's different in every industry. Um, I think honestly, like when we talk about this and, and, you know, it's like sometimes they're like, oh, you only, you're selective who you take, like it makes you sound so arrogant. It's like, no, at the end of the day people look at marketing companies as like one of their employees and it's not, we're a partner. There you go. We can't do our job if you're not doing yours. It's like restaurant clients. I can bring a hundred people through your door a day, but if they come in that door and your staff isn't good to them, the food's not good. The drinks aren't good. The service isn't good. I just brought a hundred people in a day that are not coming back. And so I've Mm. kind of joked that, you know, instead of just marketers, we're more like business consulting. And luckily I've worked in that industry with restaurants. So we do have a ton of clients and I started out in the med spa, day spa stuff. So I've worked in the medical fields and different things like that with patient retention and things. So I think, I think the most common misperception is that we can pull rabbits out of hats like by tomorrow. Right. It's like we were talking about earlier how, you know, someone will come to me and try to bash their last marketing company. And I never tried to talk smack about a former company because I don't know what they were doing and I don't know how to client was responding. And, um, you know, I've had people say TV doesn't work, TV doesn't work. And it's because they were spending $500 a month on TV. 
I mean, in the national market alone, if you want to have some type of qualified campaign on any station because of how big we are, you've got to spend at least five grand. Right. But then they're like, no, 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 no. this person said I could I could spend 1500 mm. I think that's another problem. I think the misconception is, is how much you can spend and not spend because it's like we were talking about how you know, you'll have some of these TV reps that I've worked with and they first start now, they're like, hey, if they can't do the $5,000 package, give them the $1,500 package. Mm-hmm. But those people still have the same the same expectations yeah. of the $1,500 versus the $5,000. And then when they don't get them, they're like, marketing doesn't work. We're also, I guess the biggest misconception is that we're, you know, genies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the you mentioned um, the rabbit out of, or the, the genie, the, uh, the magician, like, um, I know um, that for the mistakes that I made early were that I didn't understand the timeline of effective marketing. I didn't understand how long it takes to like, it's called a campaign for a reason. Cause yeah. there's a, there's a timeline there, right? It's not just something that happens um, overnight. It's, it's an, and it, you know what, how many investments do you get a return the next day that you make in any other investment that you might make? Right. It's long-term return, right? Yeah. Um, marketing, that's that's the way we look at marketing now. It's an investment that's in us with a long term return that we try to measure and 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 pivot and and, and make change yep. and all this. And and we have more than one marketing campaign going at a time. A lot. A B testing. There and you go. You got to because like you know. And I think the the thing too is it's it's this perception of reality that we've placed on these social media ads and these different things. It's where you know a twenty one year old can become a millionaire overnight because she did one post or the Kardashian effect. Mm-hmm. You know, Kardashians get paid a million dollars to do a post on a social media and they blow up because of their following. So everyone thinks people like us have the Kardashian effect and it's, it's not. And you they're, know, they're the exception to the rule. They, they, you know, it, it's the bigger fame following, but then it's like, okay, then what are you attracting? It's like, you know, we worked with um, someone who was big into celebrities and celebrities shared their stuff all the time. But when it came down to the average person, that person couldn't afford them. So it's like great to have all these celebrities that are endorsing your product. But if your product is endorsed by a celebrity that is a higher end one and your product is higher end, your younger demographic can't afford it. Right. And I think it also comes back to, um, you know, when you said, you know, you don't work with everyone and we don't do this because it's like it's easier to keep a client and get referrals than it is to get a new one. And I feel like the ones that don't truly understand the importance and the investment in marketing and advertising, it's going to look bad on me no matter what. That's right. Like we do a minimum six month contract with clients and everyone's like, can you do three? And I'm like, no, what you want to do right now in three months is going to, we're going to, you know, you're saying I'm not going to have any results in three months. I said, no, I didn't say that. But it's going to take time. And then it's funny because around month four or five is when they start really coming in and then they calm down. It's like those first three months, I'm like ready to choke them. But the thing is, too, it's like if I let someone do a one month contract and charge them triple, it's not going to look good on me because they're going to leave and talk smack. You can't have a whole bunch. The the reason it's important to pick um, that you get to pick, right? So obviously no businesses for every single uh, person of any kind, like not every uh, like... I don't know, the restaurant across the street isn't for, like there's some people that don't eat what they got because they're vegetarians. Like they're not for everybody. They have a market share, right? They are a share of the market that they're competing with or for, they're mm-hmm. competing for. So you are no different than that. You have, you have, uh, you know, the, the companies that, um, um, that you work well with, right? And um, because it doesn't look good if you got a whole bunch of unhappy people running around town with, that had a bad experience. And then they talk, yeah, they, they talk and it's, but I also think it comes to the fact that you said it's not for everyone. And that's one of the things I do give advice to my clients about, whether it's restaurant, whether it's this, it's like, you don't have to be vegan, you don't have to be vegetarian, you don't have to have gluten-free options, you don't have to do this. 
people can check out your menu. They know. It's yes. like, and, and I feel like sometimes businesses try to be everything. And I know you've seen this when someone wants to be in the insurance. They want to be in this. They want to be in that. They want, like, you're like, mm-hmm. pick and choose. Because yeah. there's very few people that can handle all of that. That's right. And I think that's the thing is it's like finding your niche. But I think that's also the problem is we have all these people chirping in the background telling you what you're doing wrong or not doing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so many, there's critics everywhere. Um, so I mentioned before that um, we were trying to figure out. So before you started your business, I want to go back. I want to go back for a minute. Or squirrel. Bef- <laughs> before you started, um, before you started Unblurred Media, which I love the brand name by the way. I think it's awesome. It stands There's out. No a lot. gray area in marketing. We can either do it or not do it. That's right. So you were the director of business development for Aerolux um, before you started, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people. Um, a lot of folks, as a matter of fact, and we talk about not being for everybody, right? Um, Fiona could attest to this because people call us all the time and say, Hey man, I, I love your podcast. I'd, I'd like to start one. And we tell them like, cool, here's what, here's what it looks like. They're like, Oh man, I'm not looking to, to, to spend that much. I'm like, then you're, we're not the right people to launch your podcast. No. Right. It's totally fine. Go when, in grandma's basement with your video game. When you, when you, when you, <laughs> when you get to the stage where, where we're what you want to be, we're here, right? We're here. Um, but, um, so how did, all right, you're at Aerolox, you're director, director of business development. You had a good job. I did. You had a and good I, job. And I'm still friends with all of them. I love them to death. I actually just talked to the CEO a few days ago. Well, so what made you decide I, I'm going to leave this job that I have, have a great, a great position. I get paid good. Um, I'm living, living a pretty happy life right now. I'm just going to leave all that and go start my own thing. Oh, probably because I'm a control freak and I wanted to own my own business. Since there you one. go. There you go. <laughs> I was in fifth grade and I started my own nail salon out of my dollhouse. And I'll never forget the story. Um, my mom went and got me some fake nails and I'd put them on the neighbor's girls and charge them, mm-hmm. paint them, you know, call Jay. I literally had it all set up in my dollhouse. And she said one day I came walking back in. I was like, Mom, I need more nails. And she's like, this is going to be a lesson. It's going to be a time I was going to teach you that, you know, you have to have money to go buy more nails. She goes, I look back to get ready to lecture you, and you pull out a wad of cash, and you're like, how much can this buy? That's awesome. I was charging them four bucks to get their nails done. That's such a great story, dude. (laughs) So it's like, I've just always wanted to own a business. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, it's not that, you know, I'm very lucky with my staff. You know, they have no problem looking at me going, that's a horrible idea. Like, that's not going to work. And it wasn't more of a control thing per se. It was just the creative side of it, mm-hmm. the creative of driving. It's like I'm so glad that our my business can market, you know, doctors, dentists. We have an oil and gas company. We have a beach property company. We have, you know, all over that allows me to keep my creativeness going. I feel like when you narrow down to one industry of marketing and advertising, it secludes you into that demographic of which that company is marketing to. And it kind of lacks, you lack creativeness. You guys have clients all over the country, mm-hmm. right? So uh, hold on, I got a list right here that we put together. So, and just for fun, all right, just for fun, um, <laughs> I have a note where all of our um, the guests we've had and and the ones that we're working on bringing on the show, and then ones that we want to have mm-hmm. um, are and and I didn't have CEO of Unblurred Media next to your name. I had HBIC next to it. I had HBIC there. So um, uh, this is a pretty clean a pretty clean podcast. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for the kids that don't know what HBIC means, um, you can ask your parents, and I apologize in advance for that. Um, but that's a compliment. Thank you. That is a 100% a comment. My wife. Oh, she is. Is an HBIC, right? In all the best ways. I mean, I met her when she was managing a hair salon and I was getting my hair done. And now we've done how many different events together? Pushed how many years later? You know what I mean? And that just goes back to like talking to people. And, you know, and I knew she wasn't staying there. And then what we did, the charity events, we did, yep. you know, all this different stuff. And 
it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, I joked the other day, someone's like, you're kind of intimidating. And I looked at him, I said, am I intimidating? Or are you intimidated? Ooh. <laughs> I was like, know the difference. Stop. I'm not apologizing. Girl. That's right. <laughs> I'll apologize if I'm wrong. But is women in business. It's mm-hmm. not always easy. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's yeah. one of the things I want to talk about is being a woman in business, right? So, but like, let me just, so check it out, folks. Clients all over the country um, in, uh, in tons of, d- of different industries, including but not limited to medical IT, financial, bars and restaurants, even a beach software company. Um, oh my goodness. Like you guys handle everything from custom advertising, media placements and buys, which that's one of the most underestimated things out there right now. Um, social media content and advertising, public relations, digital advertising, all of all sorts. Um, and even like you said earlier, um, event planning, like you need to do a little bit of everything, don't you? Yeah. And honestly, I think that's what I love the most. Yeah. It's like, if you come to me, and you want digital advertising. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. Mm-hmm. I can pitch you other stuff that I think is going to work better. Right. And that's what I kind of like. The, I like being able to choose from so many different products for so many different clients. Mm-hmm. And kind of see, like, I'll have people that will tell me TV's dead. Traditional TV. No, it's not. I'll have people say traditional radio's dead. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'll joke. And I'm like, you know, you want to tell me a certain outlet's dead. Well, that's because you don't have a client that's successful in it. There you go. Oh. <laughs> And it's not, you know, and just like I said, though, I, I won't talk smack on other ad agencies because I don't know how the client was with them. I don't know what they were doing. And I don't know how, how hard it was for them to get that client to do that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I will, I joke that I will definitely put it in writing. If I tell you that I don't think you should do something and you still want to do it, I will put it in writing that I said, don't do it. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in a few months, you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> People's memories can be short, can't they? Oh, isn't that the truth? Well, and even worse, selective. They can be selective too. You hear what you want to hear. That's right. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm not that person. So let's, let's, um, if a, if a, if a company, um, finally is like, you know what, we're going to market like we should, and we're going to bring on the right people to help us do that. Um, what's kind of like, what's the relationship between you and the client, your company and the client look like, like how many, how, how, how often are interactions, how often do you guys sit back and manage and, and, and evaluate what's going on and so on and so forth. Obviously we, we mentioned there's a planning portion, right? So what happens after that? Oh, so we, I mean, we honestly are in almost every single one of our accounts on a daily basis. Um, I try to schedule out with every single client a biweekly call kind That's of awesome. to see what they're doing, mm-hmm. seeing how it looks. Because, you know, it's like we can send Legion to a client, but if they're not giving us a feedback on it, like we've, and that's one of the reasons too I started is because I'd like to have the control over and kind of, you know, it's like I feel like some marketing companies just turn on a campaign and let it go. Mm-hmm. It's like we we sometimes will start out marketing campaigns in the first two, and that's why, you know, sometimes we charge up front for because in the first two months we're doing 90% of the work yeah. going in and just little, little changes. Like you're talking about EB testing. Like you can adjust an ad by one year of age. Right. And, and show completely different. So A-B testing, um, split testing, yeah. right? So that's the same type thing. Cool. Yeah, sometimes I forget how technical I get. And I make fun of my clients for getting too technical, and then I do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so it's a – the relationship is ongoing, It's and it's – it's, I won't say intense. That's a bad word. But, like, it's, it's consistent. It's very consistent. Like, you know, it, it, a lot of times people will place TV buys for the year. I don't. I like to place them quarterly. Yeah, is it more work on us? But yes. But, but – like TV shows and stuff change on a, on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. if not quarterly, right. you know, coming of the new seasons, football season, for example, you know, there's way more stuff during football season for some of our clients to go on. So, you know, and I think it also keeps me on my toes. 
There you go. Because I can also notice if there's a change in a radio or a digital. No, but you know, I think that's the thing is, is like, that's why I've been able to bring multiple people on is to make sure that people know that we're not just like turning on their marketing and walking away. That's awesome. It's like, we're charging a management fee because we're actually managing your marketing. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's just, you know, like we were joking earlier and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm in marketing. And they're like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, uh, I do a... Uh, Social media. Mm. Okay, so you're in social media. Like, no, no, I'm in marketing and advertising. So yeah, social media marketing. It, it, so I was guilty of um, doing that bat a long time ago. Um, it was like, oh, I need to... Um, had a job and they didn't really give me a, a, a good title, right? I really, I, so it was like um, sales and marketing was in my email signature, <laughs> right? And it meant nothing. Well, titles don't mean anything. No. I took a title off my business card. So if someone I really don't like, I can lie and say, I got to talk to my boss. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to use it yet. Oh, <laughs> like, I got I to gotta get with her. You know, she's, she's a little crazy. <laughs> and, hard, and hard to track down too. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's what you're saying though. They, they have all these titles and I guess this kind of goes off of business, but I talk, joke about, you know, being single and being a woman and it's like entrepreneur is not a title. <laughs> Agreed. It's not a title. You're an entrepreneur because you're in different businesses and you're this. So you have a title at a business and a job. And, I, and one of my girlfriends was like, yeah, entrepreneur on dating apps right now means you're jobless. <laughs> oh. And I was like, mm, you know, but, but it is. It, that's your title. Mm. You know, like it's, 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 it's a lifestyle. We, we all know this. You know, it's like when people see us on all the fun stuff we share on social media and they're like, oh, her life's easy. And it's like, yeah, you didn't see me up till two o'clock in the morning responding to emails or, you know, and that's kind of like when we go back to talking about being very hands on, it's like. If my client needs something at two o'clock in the morning, I'm going to respond if it's important, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's that, that one-on-one, like, I don't want any client to feel like they're less than someone else, no matter on their spend or what they do or how long they've been. Mm. Your business is as important to you as it is to me. And it's like, at the end of the day, I am, I am part of someone's livelihood. Mm -hmm. If my marketing fails, their business might fail. That's right. And that's where I think it's building those relationships and making them trust you, but also let them know that you're doing everything in your power to help grow their business. That's so that's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's not always easy, but it definitely is rewarding. <laughs> well, you so you started your company mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is your seven. Yeah. Year seven. That's incredible. I didn't even know that. That's incredible. <laughs> Dude, when you start a business, at, so um, in 19, no, sorry, in 2018, um, my dad's uh, baseball organization turned 20 years old. And like I told him, I was like, Dad, I've owned multiple companies. Um, and like any, if you just keep the doors open for 20 years, that's a success. Like that's, un, that's unreal. You've been in business killing it for seven years. Were you killing it from day one? No. <laughs> I would literally stare at the mailbox to make sure one client paid so I could actually pay my bills. And how, know, many th- how many times did you think, can I call Aerolux back and go back? There, it was, it was, it was just, it was, so that's when I joke and say that like, you know, there's like people in my life that have just been amazing. And like, you know, one of my buddies, Sam Patel, uh, Sam is, has hands in everything. M Street, we mm-hmm. always joke, um, Shohans, uh, he's in the hotel industry. He's Super in the, smart, yeah. Killing it. And, you know, there's time then Rich May. Rich May is, I jokingly call him the godfather of the restaurant industry because no one knows who he is. But he, you know, started America's Frothy Monkey. Yep. He's part of M Street. He's part of uh, all the Debcats. And there's so many times I would call them. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And Sam's like, chill out. I'll never forget when I told, I called Sam and I was like, I, I need to do an LLC. And I, I don't even know where to start. Like, I've Googled it. This is, he goes, give me 20 minutes. Dude, single-handedly stopped what he was doing. And within like 20 minutes, I get three emails to my thing. It was like, here's your LLC. Here's your S- here's this. Here's this. I was like, how did you do that? He's like, 
you know, many companies I own, but it was people like that that kept me going. Because mm-hmm. like, I think everyone thinks, oh, you you own a business. Oh, that's awesome. Or that's so cool. And that's when I always joke and I say, no, I fire myself once a day because it's not been easy. And, you know, I also, you know, credit my dad. My dad um, owns a company. Both my siblings work for him. I was the first kid that moved out of state, the first kid that owned her own business. And, you know, sometimes I'll think, you know, I really just wish I worked for the family business or I'd have those moments and I'll never, you know, my dad, you know, he's my best friend and um, I can always lean on him. And I remember I called him one day and I was having a really bad day. And he goes, do you need to put your big girl panties on? And I said, Dad, I am over. Why do I always have to be the one that puts the big girl panties on? <laughs> you know, and I'm like waiting for some sympathy. And he goes, do you need me to send you some Depends? And oh, I was like, my heavens. Wait, play, Dad. Well played. I got this. I got this. He's a good daddy. He is. But, you know, it's like knowing when you need to hug someone and knowing when you need to tell them to put their big girl panties on. Right. Because, like, we talked. It's like, you know, we, we live in a, and this is going a little deeper, but, like, we live in a society of almost 8 billion people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no one is as relevant as they think they are. Like you said about oh. the unicorns. Mm. Everyone thinks they're a unicorn, but when you realize that there's 50 other people that are doing exactly what you're doing yeah. and going exactly through the struggles that you're doing. And I think, you know, you know, you said something about how it's like they get affirmation that, oh, well, I'm feeling like this and it's fine to feel like this. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Just because 10 other people are feeling like that doesn't mean it's okay. And I think it goes back to like, you know, this this victim mentality and it's like people either think they're a unicorn or they're the victim and everyone's out against them and it's yeah like, it's like that's not that relevant that's right like you're not there's a well nobody's the exception to the rule are no. they that's right and everyone thinks they're unicorns and i've yet to see a unicorn in my life me too me too i know my um I know my daughter loves them. She has a bunch of stuffed ones that are awesome and they're cute. <laughs> so I like unicorns. But but like you said, we hadn't met one in real life. No. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like it's like understanding your your flaws, understanding your successes and, and sharing them. And I feel like sometimes people nowadays they don't want to share because they don't want to say, but it's like, you know, they only want to talk about the good things. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes it is good to talk about the bad stuff. The, yeah. It's know. funny, the news are the opposite. They don't talk about the good stuff. They only tell you the bad stuff. Like, good news has news in the ty- in the word, in the phrase, right? But you're right. And it's like what you did. It's like when I first started working for the ad agency before I started my own, I was still working at Tin Roof. I was going in to the ad agency from like 8 to eight to 3 and then coming to Tin Roof at 4 o'clock and then working. And it's like, you know, and, and, and I, I laughed the, the day I quit the roof and went full-time at the agency. I got home one day at like 6 o'clock and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> Like I felt like that movie with Asian, with Jim Carrey. Yeah. He's like rearranging the house. I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Yeah. Like, like what do I do? And and you know, it's like it, I think the thing is, is with social media in this world, we constantly share our successes. We don't share how we got there. So and the struggles. We talk about that. So a lot of uh, a lot of new agents, and we'll, we'll just kind of ask, like, you know, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, I want to do what you do, Nick. Right. And it's like, cool. And you can totally have it if so. But you're what you see is chapter twenty, and you're in chapter one. Right, so are you willing to read all nineteen of those other chapters to get to this chapter twenty? And that's where, like, I want to talk a little bit about your journey because, like, I know I know what it takes to start and run a business, and I know what it like I know what it takes to keep one open, and that lasts for a long time. And like, like it's 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 a spectacular, um, it's just spectacular period that you've been able to do that, right? Because um, when we first started our health insurance agency, like literally there's a wall at home where I wanted to put my face through it every day until I didn't anymore. And now it's a whole different set of problems. But like, dude, I wanted to quit multiple times a day, every day for probably two years. 
Well, and it's funny. You know, I was doing an interview. Um, it was a magazine thing. They'd ask women in business, something like this. And I really struggled with answering some of the questions because they're like, what was your journey where you came from? And I was like, sometimes I feel like I like blacked out half of it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like those rough times when you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay this? How am I, you know, and you know, you're on the right path. But I just feel like in some of those situations, I laugh because it's like, everyone's like, so what do you do here? I'm like, I don't know. I just did it. I just figured it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of anxiety, a lot of coffee. <laughs> yes. And I'll never forget one time I was really, really anxious. You know, I thought I was going to lose a client. thought I was going to do certain things like this, you know. And I'm always that worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, if I can go worst case scenario, I can climb back out from it. There you go. And it's bad sometimes. It's good sometimes as a business owner, but then it's bad sometimes because it can, can, can consume you with unnecessary drama or non- like anxiety. Yes. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my clients. And someone's like, did you, did you lose one? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, so why are you going worst case? I was like, because I know how much I got to make, get here to do this, to do this, to do that, or whatever. And um, I literally was just having a breakdown, and I had lunch with Rich May. Um, and he looks at me, and he goes, in order to be successful, it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. But in order to be successful, you got to learn how to handle it. And I was like, damn. <laughs> He's like, that anxiety as a business owner never goes away. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's like dumb, like, like society things. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've always thought that you have to be up at four o'clock in the morning every day to be successful. And that's not the case. Right. And that was one thing that Rich helped me work through. He's like, you know, do you think I'm at work every morning at five? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, no. He goes, you know why? Because everyone leaves the house. Everyone leaves the work at six or seven. I'm there till nine. Mm-hmm. He's like, Kristen, you've sent me emails at two o'clock in the morning. Like, you've got to get out of your head that you have to be a morning person. Right. And so that, you know, just little things like that, that has helped me with my journey and understanding my business. And also to confidence and growing. Mm. It's like, you know, everyone's always like, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? And I said, I'd tell her, sweetheart, it's going to be fine. Oh. Because at the end of the day, the stuff that you worried about back then, you don't. And I, I joke that the greatest thing I ever did was learn how to love myself, both in professionally and personally. And I joke it's the worst and best thing because I just don't care anymore if you don't matter. <laughs> that's right. But it, it, when it comes to the journey, I feel like that's what... I guess, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember parts of it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, those long periods of time where you're just like exhausted and like, but I think it's, it's really just the growth is what the journey is. And I feel like if it wasn't for some of the people that I've encountered, some of the clients, like I wouldn't be here in seven years. And that's where, you know, I owe a lot to my business mentors, a lot to my, my team that Mm -hmm. works with me a lot to, you know, even people like Tammy, my business manager, you know, when I first started out that first year, I didn't know how much money I was making. I didn't know where it was going. I just was making sure the bills were paid. And then it was nice to have someone help with billing, help with invoices. And so I really think like the journey to get here in seven years is really not necessarily all about me. It's about the people that I surrounded myself with. Mm. So you said so much gold right there. I talk. Um, No, it was, it was (laughs) awesome. Like, so in the beginning, mm-hmm. it's extremely difficult and it's, and it's hard Scary. and it's, um, and it's, that's why we appreciate it because of what we went through to have it, right? If, if it was easy in the beginning, we probably wouldn't, we'd take it for granted today. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, uh, one of the things that, um, if somebody randomly asked me one thing, what's the best thing about Kristen? I would say, um, how well she manages her relationships, Thank you. Right. So how important are the relationships, um, our relationships to any new business this day and age? I mean, I think relationships are the most important, but I think people have forgotten how to build relationships properly. Mm. I feel like the, instead of like we talked about, you know, instead of listening, you know, people tend to listen and, you know, I had to work on this. Like I was really bad. I would 
you know, knee-jerk reactions. But, you know, we said how, like, people, you know, listen to respond. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not. You need to listen to learn or listen to understand. Actively listening, yes. You know, it's like, and I've been very lucky in my 20s to meet some of these people that I'm friends with now that are very successful in business in different companies. But it's, you know, I feel like the power of a relationship is more. And, and I used to think you could teach that. And I don't think you can. Mm. That sounds bad, but I don't. I think people either get the power of relationships or they get the power of manipulation. Okay. And I think sometimes people will tend to come to you and see, like, what can you do for me? Like you said, yeah. you want to be you, you're at chapter 20. Yeah. These people, the majority of people with relationships want to start chapter one and jump to chapter 19. Yep. They don't yep. understand how you went through how do you, How do you become friends with that person? I was like, you know, and I think it comes back to being in friendships and, you know, it's all fun and games when you're going to brunch or you're going to football games or you're doing this, but you know, real friendships and real relationships are built when the camera's not on. Sure. Or built when it's not something having fun. It's, you know, when a client, you know, has hit rock bottom and needs help with something, you know, even personal or late night or whatever. It's you know, and it's 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 creating those relationships of people knowing that they can trust you. And mm. it's just crazy to me how many how many people and even to the way we've set up things yeah like how easy it is to just get a business and keep going let's just keep growing it you know yeah. it's like you know if you nurture that relationship that person could probably give you business that's right on top of what they already that's do. right so i don't know I, I felt like i talk about relationships all the time and i've been really lucky but i also feel like i could talk to anyone so it's like i've just always talked to people but it's you, it's crazy and, and i know we always joke talking about the younger generation you need to write a book, and for real, and you need to. It needs to be, be, be about relationships first. That should be your first one. I'm telling you, that's the next thing for you is a book. It's got to be. Well, I'm just always so bad at like teaching bullshit. <laughs> I can talk about it, but I'm like, just do it, just do it. Like I'll never yeah. forget when I first started out in media buying, and my boss was like, "Nah, you don't need to do it. We can do it." I was like, "No, no, no. I can't sell that to someone if I don't know what I'm doing." Sure. Like I, I'm not, and so I sat there. I literally was in the office for like 48 hours straight, like diving into the research on it to try to figure out how to do media buying properly. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just give me those top stations. It's it's give me this. It's give me that. And I don't know. It's tough. I I even joked like we used to work at Tin Roof. Like how do I do this? I was like just ring it in. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like sometimes. But I don't know. I just feel like relationships are one of the most. They're talked about the most, but they're the least nurtured. Sure. And, and well, and it's because most people don't have a good relationship with themselves anyways. Sure. So it's how, how can you um, have a relationship with somebody that, I mean, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, it's uh, Jada Smith said it about Will back in the day. She's like, how can I like you if you don't even like you? You expect me to like somebody you don't like. That's, I, I love that. Give me chills. I love it. That's good one. Yeah. So, um, but like, you got to have a good relationship with yourself. Um you got to know your boundaries. Absolutely. You mentioned confidence, like confidence, like I tell, so I was always the shy kid growing up and I tell my son, the shy kid loses. <laughs> okay. The shy kid watches the per- not shy kid get everything that the shy kid wanted. Right. Okay. Um, you don't get the girl if you don't ask. Um, and so in the story we tell a lot with that is it was, uh, he was like three or four and he was about to sing in church for the first time and he's <laughs> freaking out. Right. So I'm like, dude, what's up? And he was like, I, I don't know, man. Like what, what if they don't like it? And I was like, what are you shy? And he was like, I, I, and he was like, I don't know what that means. So I told him what shy means. He was, I'm shy. <laughs> and I was like, so, um, well, like, who are you? I was like, shy is selfish. And he was like, and my, you, Brianna was just like, because he didn't know where You're I was like, going with this. this going? Yeah. I was like, dude, who are you singing for? Are you singing for you or for them? He was like, well, I'm singing for them. I'm like, then why are you making it about you? You know, what I mean, if you if if you want that girl and you believe you're the best guy to be to be with that girl, then you need to go freaking tell her. <laughs> It's true. I mean, right. it's the confidence of it, though. Absolutely. It's, you know, and I think that's one of the things, too, is it's like, you know, I'll be confident in things that I know, but I'm going to educate myself first. There you go. 
Because it's like, I can't be confident if I don't know it. And I'm also not one of those. And I think that's, that. go back to misconceptions, because it's like, I can't, you know, on the spot, I'm like, I don't know, is the fact that, you know, people think that, oh, you're just telling me this because you want me to spend more money. You're just, you're doing this. It's like, no, I've actually educated myself on this. I know what I'm telling you. You You know, I once had a girl tell me that our AdWords budget was too much. And within 30 seconds, she asked me what AdWords was. Oh, And I was like. Yeah. Oh, that's too much for a pizza. What's pizza? <laughs> like, like I can't. I can't. Jesus, not today. There not you today. go. Not today. Um, so another question that uh, I wanted to talk to you about um, was like, so like marketing is only if like anything that you measure can improve. It's it's so important in business to know numbers, to be able to, um, to have uh, some form of tracking to measure if anything, you're just, you're just your expectations. It's getting harder. Right. So, <laughs> well, especially with all the different platforms there are now and with the, with the rise and, and how much the, the digital, uh, the, the digital f- interface has changed everything in the last 20 years, like it has. So like, um, it's made my job harder. And I'm sure. Well, it's, it's funny because we, we, I literally was just talking about this with, uh, the CEO of Airlux, you know, like we're still friends. We mm. still, I'll call him, pick his brain. I'll be like, man, what are you doing with this? Or what are you doing this? And that was one of our conversations is talking about the whole tracking thing. Cause it's like, I still put tracking numbers on commercials. I put them on radio ads. I put them on stuff, even AdWords, you know, Facebook, you can do tracking numbers. But the biggest problem now is our smartphones. So it's like, you can see a TV commercial and it's a certain tracking number. And I joke because if you go look at the reports at the end of it, there's like three calls total that month to that one number, but they've booked 75 people. And the thing is, is because people are instantly going to their smartphone. Mm-hmm. So it's like the amount of technology we have now has made it way harder to track. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and you know, it's, it, it's not always enough just to say, Hey man, your sales are increasing mm-hmm. because then when they plateau, they're like, Oh, well, they're not increasing anymore. So I don't know. It's, it's, Tech, well, there's a sales cycle. There's a sales cycle too, right? So, I know um, we a lot of it in the in the internet lead world for insurance agents. Like that person may be looking today, but they may not be looking to buy for six months, right? So, like um, that goes back to nurturing that relationship. That's right. Re and I try to. Um, as, as we age, gracefully age, we, we've started to pay attention to what we put in our bodies because the bad things all, all of a sudden, where, where'd that, where'd that fat come from? We didn't have that yesterday. Um, we <laughs> used to be able to eat pizza every day and that's right. it doesn't happen anymore. So now when we see the commercial from, I don't know, just pizza or whatever, it's like, yeah, that, when next time we get pizza, that's the one we're getting, but we may not buy it for a month. But I saw that commercial a month ago, and there was a sales cycle there, mm-hmm. right? That's different for every single consumer. And um, um, there's today buyers, there's tomorrow buyers, there's next year buyers, there's all that stuff. And then throw seasonality into it. Oh my goodness! It's like I can't tell you how many restaurant clients they know they're going to be slow, or just tourism in general. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to be slow in Nashville in January and February, mm-hmm. but some of them don't prepare for it. Yeah. And then it's like you know, it's like a, a boat salesman, mm-hmm. like. My boat people aren't going to get mad if I'm not selling 100 boats a week in January. Yeah. In May and June, yeah. But it's that expectation. So it's like the sales cycle and the actual seasonality sets these different expectations for people. And, you know, sometimes you can't teach that. Mm -hmm. I had an agent one time. We were in, in... in insurance, it's a it's a really good industry year round, right? But during um, the open enrollment for um, Affordable Care Act plans, it's freaking nuts, right? So it's are crazy. People talk about it a lot. I'm like, it's like I was like, Best Buy sells TVs all all year, but from Thanksgiving to Christmas, they sell all the TVs. So we talk about marketing in that, and I'm like, well, hey, this is the one of the slower months this year. 
double down on, you know, double down your marketing, pay attention, blah, blah, blah. And then when it's busy, I'm like, hey, it's the busiest time. We need to double down on our marketing and everything. They're like, what do you mean? It's, I thought you said it was, so if it's slow, should we spend less? No. Yeah, but that's, that's literally the number one thing people do. You got to keep revenue. I literally just had a call with a conversation or a client yesterday and they were talking about, they're doing some rearranging with different CEOs and stuff like this. And they, oh yeah, marketing would be the first to be cut. And I was like, so what's the problem with you girls? Oh like, my gosh. You know, and it comes back, it's the same as you guys said. It's like, yeah, in January, after the enrollment, you guys are done. But it's like, if you don't stay relevant, you know, it's like, that's one thing I do respect. So one of our clients is, is Sergey Savain and Laser. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with TIFF for, I think, 13 years now. Um, back before I, you know, even with the other agency, before I even worked for that agency, and he's kind of stuck with me the whole time. And the one thing I respect about him is he understands the value of marketing. You know, it's like he is consistently marketing 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then that's the big thing. It's like I'll have clients are like, hey, we're going to pause for January and February. And I'm like, okay, you're slow season. Like, yeah, I was like, okay. Oh, I can't take, dude, but, why would But then you... they don't understand when they restart oh. up their ads, it has to completely rebuild. Mm-hmm. Like we had a client whose ads paused and they paused their fault. And, you know, she, they didn't understand that it was going to take six to seven days for the ads to restart and start configuring properly. Again. Absolutely. Gosh, it just in um, uh, so it, in the in the space in the insurance space, it takes uh, twenty one to thirty days to bu- to build a sales funnel that generates a, sy- uh, a, sy- a systematic fo- like legitimate form of revenue. Yeah. Twenty one to thirty days in a row, not weekends, not weekdays, in a row, right? And there's a sales cycle there, and there's a, a marketing cycle. When you do stop, like if you stop, then you gotta like prepare 21 to 30 days is when you can be back where you are. Well, I think it comes into the frequency aspect and a lot of people don't talk about that when it comes to marketing. And that was one of the biggest things that I've frequency. always, I've always pushed with whether it's TV, radio, digital PR, you know, if you're sending out one email blast a month, you're not going to get rele- It's not going to be relevant. Like the average, and they used to say the average consumer had to see something three times before they took action on it. Now it's like six or seven Yeah. because we're so overstimulated with ads. You've got to see something more times to actually acknowledge your brain that you've seen that. I've got, I've got numbers that say it's eight to 13 now in <laughs> some, in that's some spaces. It keeps going up. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, I always keep with frequency and it's like when people are like, oh, marketing doesn't work. And I'm like, well, you, you sent one email a month. Like you said, your, your guy did it for a few yeah. weeks and they stopped. Well, there's no frequency there. So like people aren't seeing his stuff. So he becomes, especially with all the ads that we're hitting, you know, more and more. It's like, I joke that I hate some of this tourist stuff going on in Nashville, but sure as heck like it for my business, you know, and we're growing, but it's, you know, it's, it's changing. You know, we, you said like I keep going back to the misconceptions and they keep coming as we're talking. This is great. But you know, it's like the misconception that you can just turn something off and on and just restart it and Mm -hmm. you'll be at the same place. And but then again, I think it always comes back to the relationships. Like you said, you've got, you know, up to 30 days of a sales cycle, Mm -hmm. but you've also, like you said, the pizza thing, it's like, you're not, you know, it's building. And I think with you guys, it's like, yeah, I might not be looking, but I'm looking in a few months. Well, it's building that relationship in those three months, not only to get that, it's like, you know, real estate. That's right. They might not be buying a house now, but I've, I've had real estate clients where they haven't, I've referred them someone, they didn't buy a house yet, but they referred them three other people just the way the person handled them. It's awesome. I'm like, that's called relationships. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, look, um, consistency, we talk about it a lot here. Consistency trumps intensity. It beats it every time. And they're like, what do you mean? Brush your teeth for two hours and then don't brush it again for a year. Tell me how your teeth feel versus two minutes a day every day. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Same thing with working out. Same thing with anything. I just wish working out in kale tasted good. Me too. Life would be so much easier. <laughs> Me too. And every day that every older day or every day older that I get, the working out is harder. 
it's harder. I still love it, and I got a 12-year-old pushing me, which is great. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is. Um, it, the one this morning was not fun. I did not enjoy it today, but I did it. Oh, I know. There's so many times you go, and you're just, like, on the treadmill, and you're like, oh, just, mm-hmm. this is an hour. This is an hour. I've got this. But, no, it's consistency. Consistency in all businesses, you know? It's like if you're not consistent, you're not going to continue getting the people that you want. You know, you attract who you Mm-hmm. I guess I mean with consistency and that's and that's the thing is like people you said like when they're like slow they're like we want to cut marketing it's like that's not how it works right but then it's like if I say that they think it's just because I'm trying to get them to spend money sure <laughs> sure like, okay well the um, like anybody else um, you know the the relationship at the end of the day so um, in the in the world of insurance the greatest the reason why insurance is so great is because it's um as long as your client's happy and and they they still have their policy they're paying for every month you're still getting paid mm-hmm. you just keep on getting paid residual income it's great it's awesome especially when you generate a lot of it um well like when it when it comes to um to marketing things like you said you have you have a minimum on your contract i know um i know when i started my podcast i i made a commitment to 12 months of it straight up before i was even going to look up and question anything. I'm going to give it 12 months straight up. I'm going to go all in for 12 months, and then I'm going to, and I'm obviously we're making tweaks and we're studying things, but well, like you learn as you go. Absolutely, but I'm not stopping for 12 months, um, straight up. No way, no how. So the um, again the consistency and the, that's going back to the relationships is like you can't have like the reason your company's been so great is because you still have people you've been working with for years. Yeah, and I think it's 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 you know. I think it comes down to it, and I, and I was going to ask you too, like what you've seen some of your stuff with marketing that's worked the best, but it, like it comes down to the consistency, but I think it also comes down to, you know, if you don't know something, ask. Yes. Like you, you don't, in order to be successful, you don't have to know it all. No. I call people all the time that are great at what they do, and I'm like, that's why. Or I sometimes I was listening to one of the podcasts you were doing, and I was laughing. I was like, God, I'm not going to sound like that. I don't sound that smart. <laughs> or like I'll get on phone calls with some of like my my mentors or, or guy friends, and I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? And they're like, Well, this whatever. I'm like, Oh man, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like taking notes. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing in business is people think as business owners you're supposed to know it all, and I don't. Like I joke. I said I fire myself once a day. That's right. But in you know, but with you, you've you've single handedly seen how it changes, how marketing works, how and it, I laugh because like how people will come back and be like, okay, you're right about SEO, and I was like, I know, but you wanted it instantly, and SEO doesn't work like that. That's right. And then now they're relevant, mm-hmm. you know, with the consistency of it. So I don't know. I mean, what what would you? I mean, I know you guys are very heavy on digital. We're very heavy in digital, and here's why. So one, we were we understood it because of our um, in the nightclub industry. If you don't promote, at least in Nashville back then, if you didn't promote, you didn't win. Yep. Right. So um, when I got here, I realized immediately that like that was an untapped space um, in in health insurance. When I started my agency, just me before we brought Rhiannon on, before we started launching other agencies, building teams, and all that. When it was just me, and I remember people would be like, "Man, your insurance company must be killing it," because I go on Facebook and it's all I see, right? And I was like, "That's right. That's good. That's right." Um, make but, it till you make it. So for me, it was just like. We, we, we were, we stood out in that space for what it was. We had a very clear cut message that like, look, man, like I was very clear to everybody. Like this is, this is what's in it for me in insurance is a long, happy customer. Okay. So like my job is to make sure we find you something that you're going to be happy with long term. And if, and if some, anything changes, you trust me to keep you there. Right. So, um, we were just very clear and precise with that. Like, I don't want to know how to make the pizza. I want to know how do I get it? 
I want to, I know what I want and I want to know how do I get it. And that was what we really just kind of focused on is really basic and super simple. I was late to video. Um, we, we made a living off static image forever. Well, video is tough. It really, it really is. And, and it was, it was the pandemic that really made us, um, dive all into it because we were also, um, the, so kids are amazing. I think they're the greatest gift on the planet. And my wife has always been an extremely popular person. So anytime we go anywhere, we're seeing multiple people that either she knows or knows my kid. All right. And we're always with kids. You're always surrounded by other parents. Okay. So, um, when, when the pandemic happened, um, I looked at her about three or four days in, I was like, yo, we haven't talked to anybody. I was like, and like that, this is not two months from now, we're going to feel it. Right. So like, um, and in the insurance space, um, there's a, because of the law changes of the Affordable Care Act and all the, this, it's hard to find the, the right information. So people become what's called internet leads, where they go and they ask for a total stranger to call them and, and help them find a plan that they want, because there's not very many health insurance agencies on the side of the road anymore in retail outlets and well, stuff like that. I mean, even just a personal experience I have with you guys, like having a rare neurological heart condition. And when that all went over there, it was like, I was like, you know, even being no like prior conditions or whatever yeah. i remember calling you guys and your honesty was what was best because remember we were trying to see if i could get private insurance and you call me back and you're like girl you can't that's right. like it's gonna be it's not gonna help you here and like to me that's why every time someone asks me insurance i send them to you guys yeah i'm like go here because it's like you told me you couldn't do it that's right i wasn't even one of your clients because i couldn't be that's correct but but you you instead of doing that and then in six months i'm like cussing you out because i go to get a prescription and i'm like really jerk yeah you know but that's the thing it's like that's yeah. what makes people stand out as good business owners i that's think right. that's what makes people stand out for long is well, how much was, you're willing to say no and be honest to someone it, that's exactly right and and honestly you know if it's what's in it for me as a long happy customer knowing that you're not going to be happy in in a few months now so um that's from the you know from the producer side from the advisor side we can like that's the thing is um we help tons of people that way which that's the greatest thing is the is the they should teach what we learned in health insurance in college because um, when my appendix was removed, um, I was in between policies and I had, and I was just like everybody else. Rihanna would be like, Nick, we need to find health insurance. And I was just like, just get the cheapest thing. I don't care. Right. How dumb was I? But I was just like most other 20 somethings. And then, um, like when, when someone wants cheap Botox and you're like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's put the cheapest thing we can in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, um, we, um, so appendicitis happened, um, it ruptured and I was in the hospital for like two and a half weeks, dude. And if, and if my, and if my grandparents hadn't settled with the hospital and helped me pay that bill, I'd still, um, be in debt from, well, I'd have paid it by now, but, um, it would have sucked. It would have, and I might not be sitting here talking to you today had I had, um, you know, close to $30,000, um, that I had to spend on that versus investing in my businesses and all those types of things. So, and you mentioned teamwork, dude, if my grandparents hadn't have done that. Well, I think we also talked about like one of our clients is cash MD and they, um, they're creating, they have a website that mm-hmm. allows providers and patients to come together and figure out like if you're appendicitis, if, if there's a cash pay Yes. and you know, it's like, I feel like, you know, you guys work in insurance, but you've kind of become warriors for the patient, yes. not the insurance companies. Because like we talked, it's like I joked when I first got diagnosed, you know, I've been a healthy person my entire life and I got this rare condition that, you know, is probably genetic. And I didn't think that Walgreens and CVS would have different pricings and different prescriptions. Yes. And sometimes it's hundreds of dollars. Yes. And so I was trusting people and thinking that if I go to this one place that it's the same. And it, it's it's crazy. It's the same thing with, with, with health care. Yeah. And I think what CashMD is doing is it's putting the hands into the patients and it's helping you guys show the patients that 
how much work you guys are doing behind the scenes in dealing with insurance companies and dealing with what they need to cover. It's like, you know, I remember when we were talking, it was just, it wasn't even like, it was funny because mine was like, let's make sure it's hospitalization if anything really bad happens Mm -hmm. and prescriptions because like I'm now on those two heart meds. But it's just crazy. Even those two outlets, like one of them covered great hospitalization, but the other one would made my... Oh, yeah. It would have made it worth it. Hundreds of dollars in But you guys, you costs. literally are like defenders of the patients this time. It's, it's um, my wife is literally an angel when it comes to that kind of stuff. She's amazing. And you guys yeah. actually dove into the research, which was amazing. Like you guys, like I remember even calling the insurance. Yeah, it's covered. I mean, I told you that the one day with Vanderbilt, like I was like, we're covered. I was like, dude, I just came to your hospital yesterday and you're not covered. Mm-hmm. I was like, someone needs to fix your system because you'd lied to me. Yes. And it was right after the enrollment and yeah. I couldn't do anything. And the yes. guy gave me false information. Correct. But there was no one to hold him yes to the advice he gave you're yes. like oh sorry re-enroll next year it, it i mean it's um the, the difference between a good business and a business that's not great is usually just the customer experience yep. right and the reason that you can go to one place and pay 15 dollars for a steak and go to another place and pay a hundred dollars for this for a very similar piece of meat is because of the way the prep that went into making it and then the experience in which they gave it to you right so like um, absolutely, Walgreens, CVS are comp- their competitors. They're making their own prices um, because they bought it and they're reselling it. Just like anybody, if I opened my own store and I bought a pair of shoes for ten dollars, I can sell it for twenty-five or two hundred fifty. It's my choice, right? But you think with medical? Oh yeah, they, it's government big, would actually like manage it because it's like you know, like we were talking the other day how someone told me that if you're a non-American citizen and you're in town traveling and you get injured on Broadway, you can go to the hospital and leave without a bill. But we can't. <laughs> it's it's dude. It's um. There's a lot of uh. There's a lot of gray. Um. A lot of gray out there right now. And and my biggest advice to anybody would just be like, look, get some people in your corner that you know you can trust that are experts in what they do. They're top of their field, and um. And just make sure you know what they know. You know what I mean. And and uh, and ask questions if you don't. Because um. You know my wife and I just um. Welcomed our daughter daughter into the world nine months ago, and that you know we so we're giving having a baby in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Like so, like grandparents couldn't come to the hospital. It was just me. It was really uncomfortable and crazy and weird. And um, but like, fin- the financial aspect of having a baby is not cheap. You're bringing a human being into the what world. What is it now? Someone right? was talking about that. It's, it's it, like insane. It depend. It honestly depends on. So every every hospital or whatever they're all they're all um, they're all owned by some private form of a company that they've got a board and, and all that kind of stuff. So they really just, they're just like anybody else. They make their own prices. They charge whatever they want to charge. And, um, and, uh, we, like we had a great experience with the, with the birth of our daughter because we knew what in the heck we were doing. We didn't just like go buy, go get a service and then get a sticker shot because we found out what it cost later. Imagine if every time you bought a car, you find out what it cost 30 days later. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So no, but it's true. But it's that's what's scary. It's like yeah. you know when you go into the emergency room as an adult, you're like, yeah, what? I don't even have an idea what this is going to come out to. And I think that's what's great about not only like Cash MD or other companies is we're kind of changing the world of healthcare. Absolutely, we're making and it more about the patient. Like you guys are doing your research, you're helping people understand what they're going to. You're 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 focusing on the patient. We're, we're focusing on the consumer experience. Yep. And honestly, um, going back to the marketing, that's all that I really focused on, like, was just that. Like, look, if you don't win, I don't win. It's that simple. So, like, I'm going to go out there and fight for you. And if you win big, so do I. It's awesome, right? Just like if I invest in a company and I own 20%, is it 20% of a little or a lot? 
you know what depends. I mean? Yeah. So it's the, it's the same thing. So well, it's like, it's the same thing with me. It's like, I'm not successful if my clients aren't successful. There you so go. That's why I'm diving into these different campaigns on a weekly basis and a daily basis on a this, mm. because it's like, if I go off for two weeks and don't check something and they drop in sales, then they're going to be that's right on me about it. And it's my fault. It's awesome. But you know, as they succeed, they're not only going to be happy with my work, they're going to refer me to someone else. So I don't know when the song came out. But the, the, the famous line is, it's a man's world, <laughs> all right? Um, as a man, I don't feel that way, right? At all, at all. Um, but... I think there's a place in this world for both of us. I, I agree with that. So, I, but I, what's, it like being, what's it like being a woman who owns a business? Honestly, I think... It, I, I feel like... I, and we talked about this earlier about how... Um, I mean, there's nothing that I can't do. There you go. But I also feel like we try too hard to be, you know, um, what was it? It's on my, you said I can grab my phone. Absolutely, you can. Go ahead. Um, That's the beautiful thing about it. I saw this quote the one day, and it was so accurate because it just, you know, I feel like in today's society, we're trying too hard to be both. We're trying to be, you know, it's a man's world. I'm a woman living in it. Now I'm a woman living in in a world where I'm a woman. Yeah. And, you know, I saw this and I shared it and I got a lot of feedback on it. You know, some people are like, oh, no, this is like, you know, I feel like too much in our society, you know, our generation is so busy trying to prove that women can do everything and men can do. Women are losing their unique qualities that set us apart. The God-given feminality and uniqueness, the way our creator designed us. Women weren't created to do everything a man can do. Women were created to do everything a man can't do. Mm. And it's like the lioness doesn't try to be a lion. She embraces her role as a lioness. She's powerful, strong, and nurturing. She does not mistake her meekness for weakness. The world needs more kind, compassionate, humble, faithful, preserving, confident, fierce, bold, pure, and tender-hearted woman. Be one. My wife is my better half, right? Which implies that there's half of me that's missing, and she's the other half, yeah. right? So 100%, she, there's things that she does way better than me, and there's a bunch of things that she's far better suited to do than me. Our customers would agree that as well, as well as our probably our friends. <laughs> Um, but like, um, I don't know. I just, for some reason, yeah, that, um, a, a lot of folks out there have kind of, um, devalued what the other, you know, um, what a woman's role could be, I guess. I mean, I, I, I never, I don't know. I never got, I've never well, really understood but, it. But you can't talk about it cause you're a man. I get, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Like you didn't mean it's like, you know, and, and I've got pushback from this and I might hesitate even saying this, you know. I support women. I support women supporting women, but I also support men. And I sure. support men supporting women. And I'll never forget one time a friend So like, you support hey, people. I support people. <laughs> good people. There you go. I don't care what color, sex, race you are. If you're Thank a good you. person, I'll support you. Mm. If you're not, get out of my way. There you go. But I think I think we try so hard to say, well, he's that in, in you know, and I hate when people are like, Well, not everyone's like you, Kristen. Okay, so I should apologize for that? There you go. Like, I have never been in a position where a man was making more money than me and doing less work. Mm-hmm. If it was, I got out of that position. There you go. You're just in the wrong place. That's in right. In the wrong place. And That's I right. feel like, you know, I, I kind of compare it to when, you know, I joined some of these support groups when I first got diagnosed with my heart condition. And I was like, oh, gosh, you guys are really not here for support. You're just here to, like, make sure everyone feels like you're whining and you, yeah. you're, you're hurt. I'm like, you can't change your life by whining in the corner. Yeah. You can't change the world by hiding in the corner. Right. And I feel like, you know, it, there's such a stereotype now, whether it's men, women, you know, what you can do, what you can't do, Yeah. you know, and, and, and I get that I'm, you know, a lot bolder than some, 
but you know, I, I've had to get there. I wasn't there always go. there. And there you go. so it's like, whenever it's like, Oh woman, I'm like, why does it matter? Like I remember one time I was like, someone's like, why aren't you marching down on Broadway? It was like a Tuesday. I can't remember what it was for. And I was like, cause I'm working. And they're like, well, don't you support women? And I was like, seriously, that that's where we're going. Yeah. You don't think I, I support women. Men also support me as a woman because they hire me. Yes. You know, and, and women hire me. And you know, it's like, why is it one or the other? Right. It doesn't have to be. That's right. That's right. And it's, I don't know. And maybe it's a crutch. Maybe it's society. Maybe That's it's it. media. Mm. So my college baseball coach, Jeff Forehand, he's at Lipscomb University now. Um, one of the first um, person that I actually recognize as like a mentor, right? So I had great ones all through childhood, but he's the first one that I, I recognize as one. And he said, uh, he used to um, say things like, you know, he, 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 that was the first time I ever heard the word crutch. He's like, that's a crutch that you're leaning on, like, instead, that's, to, to justify being held back or holding yourself back. Right. So like, I mean, like he was like, Nick, what do you want? I was like, I want to play at the next level. He's like, just like here, I'm, I have a podcast and I'm, and I'm, I'm competing against other business owners that were born with more money than me. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's, I'm not going to use that as a crutch. Well, he wins because he had more money when he was born than I did. Right. It's a level playing field at this point. And, um, and like, I, but I know what my price is to beat him. I know what my price is to beat him. So I, th- I think life's, life's a lot. Of, you hear a lot of people say life's not fair. I think it's fair. I think everybody's just got a different price they got to pay. That and, and what is fair? Divine fair. It's like normal, divine normal. There you go. It's like, I think the biggest thing with society and social media, like we talked about, it was like the crutch. Mm-hmm. Then you go into a group and you find out 10 other people have that crutch. So now it's okay to have that crutch. That's right. No, all 10 of you should get rid of it and go, you know, mm-hmm. try something. And, you know, it's, and I feel like that's the thing is like when we know people are using that crutch and there's more people than just us we tend to stay on that crutch longer. Absolutely. And, you know, I've always said there's two things you can do. You know, you either make excuses or make solutions. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for excuses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and I'm not you. saying that I don't sit at home sometimes and have pity parties because I just want to t- I just want to sleep. We're human. <laughs> do something. We're human. But I, I just, I don't understand this whole pushing women to do men's sports, pushing men to do these stuff, doing this thing. It's like, you know, it's the same thing goes back to without political. It's like whatever you identify as and makes you happy, mm-hmm. be that person. Sure. But don't shove it down my throat. Yeah. And, and, um, quit focusing on problems and spend some time thinking about solutions, man. Yeah. You focus on problems all the time. You're never, you're just going to constantly keep having problems. I love it. I love but, it. No, but like, um, but I mean, and I think that's another thing too, is it's like, Oh, that person had money. Well, they still worked their butt off to get where they're at. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. So that's your excuse because you don't have money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I can go and, and we can. If I can go ask for it, I can borrow it. I can do a lot of things. You went out and earned it, yeah. and and uh, so you had a side hustle for the side hustle for the side hustle on top of your job. Dude, I drove for Uber. Sorry, Dad. This is the first time you get to hear about that. <laughs> they hated me because he's like, that's so dangerous. But I got two clients out of it. Yeah. Because you know I have a black car, so I was able. I'd get up at four in the morning because I don't sleep. And I'd make an extra two, three hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Now, now I don't even know. I guarantee, but like I'd get up and take people to the airport. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I never once was, but you know, I drove for them for like five months because I needed extra money. Right, and I didn't have time to get a different job in, that took away from the day. Mm. I'm like, do you think my clients knew that then? No, and I think that's another thing that's weird. It's like I grew up in the north or Midwest. I call it, but everyone says it's the north. And grew up Catholic and, and everything's down here. Like Catholics, we don't talk about religion. You don't, you know, and it's very different down here. But I've also noticed in the last few years, a lot of people like to talk about their money problems more. It's like when I first started out in business, I was barely paying my bills. But do you think anyone knew that? Sure. That's right. Because <laughs> you know what? No one wants to hire a broke marketing company. There you go. I was always told in the in the bar business, people like anytime you get told, how's, how's things going? Packed. 
Slammed. Slammed. Every night, can't keep up. Nope. Crazy. So busy. Always. Um, that's right. Well, um, man, like this has been amazing so far. Is there, is there anything, like what have I missed? Is there anything else that you want to, that you want to hit on? So, um, I had marketing as, as you're, you guys are, you're a partner, right? You're not a, um, that's how you consider yourself. Oh, I know what it was. I had a note right here. Um, so you mentioned dating apps earlier. All right. So it's funny. Well, it's funny because what all dating app is, is a place where somebody can market themselves. Very badly. <laughs> Very badly. But the expectations, about- though. It's like, I haven't been on in probably eight, nine months. But, like, I went on, like, and it's so funny because I know I'm the worst person to go on a dating app. Because, like, I'll do it, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep and I'm bored. And I'll match with, like, 30 people. And All the winners are at 2 a.m. And then I won't look at the app for, like, three months. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you've timed out with everyone. And, like, But then I'll go back in there and I'll look. And some guy's like, oh, thanks for responding. I'm like, I haven't even met you. Yeah. And you're already yelling at me for not responding. And I'm mm-hmm. like... That's not going to work. Yeah, he's a trophy. I'm a, I'm the worst at dating apps. <laughs> well, they um, it's the, you know people go on and market the snot out of themselves. They'll make they'll spend um, an hour taking a selfie and with all those filters. Oh, absolutely, taking all all the time to do that, but then they don't want to spend that. They don't want to take the same effort and the same and the same uh, like to just do the same things for their business. It's, well, it's like it's like the resume effect. Yes, like I always joke. But what's the first thing we ask for when someone says, "Are you hiring?" What is it? Your resume. There you go. And guess what I don't look at most of the time? I never. Their do. resume. I hardly ever do. Because I have had people that literally, I look at their resume and I'm like, oh, this person's going to kill it. And they get in the interview and I'm like. Yeah, that's right. And then I've had people that had no experience, but their eagerness to learn and educate themselves was beyond any type of education they could possibly have. Like, it's, and Man, it's hard to measure somebody's heart. But it's like your resume? Come on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, when someone's like, what's your worst characteristic? I was like, do you think people actually answer that question like accurately? Right. But it's like your resume, like, you know, how many resumes have I helped fluff for people? I feel like that's the dating apps. Yeah. I've, if uh, somebody asked me, um, what's the worst thing about me? I'd be like, I don't know. Ask them. <laughs> you know, don't ask me. Ask them. Maybe we should start a dating app where your ex gets to write the profile for you. That would be freaking awesome, wouldn't it? Hey, the um, you get folks, you can't steal that. That's ours. Yep, heard it here. First. That's right, and, and uh, so and we just did. Do, I just trademarked it. Yep, it's done. done. <laughs> but think about it. it, or it's like you know, it's like I'll, or the, you'll, you know, it's like you always are going to put your best face forward when mm-hmm. you're doing that stuff, and then you meet the person, you're just like in the filters. I feel bad for you guys because the girls use those filters way too much, and I'll admit we do. I mean, I use the one. I like the ones that like clean your skin, but like I have seen ones where people put them on there. I'm like, honey, you don't look the same. Yeah, Let, like I wouldn't picture you in public. If you put a side by side, I'm like, oh, that's not her. And maybe it's the easier way to get away, get away with murders. That's like the murder podcast. So maybe we can take that, you know, somewhere. Luckily for me, um, I I never I've never had to do a dating app before. How because, did you guys meet? Why so, can I not remember that? Um, Rhiannon was uh, we met at a the hottest bar in town way back in the day in like 2001. And um, so immediately I was just like holy cow, wow. I hadn't seen anything like that ever. You're like, son, I took my own advice and I walked with the hottest girl in the room and I asked her out. I did, and she th- <laughs> and I was so bad at it that she thought I was wanting to meet a hooker up with her friends, which, um, and... and that th- was so her. And they're all amazing, but like, uh, yeah, so I, um, I asked her out the first time in 2001, and I think it was 2007 when I got my first date. So I was good at it. <laughs> I was good at it. I was persistent at least. Yeah, that's, was, that sales cycle. That's right. But Yours just took a little longer. A long time. <laughs> but dating apps were not a thing back then. And um, 
and uh which is probably a good thing right because uh i mean um there, I, there's a lot of re- great relationships that are ruined by dating apps. I, but I think, well, dating apps, because con- I think it's changed dating too, because people just, you know, this first date, instead of like getting to learn and, and know someone that goes back to the relationship thing, you go, oh, well, I can just go back and swipe again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I said I've never been good on those apps. Um, but I also think it's, it's, you're sharing what I guess you want everyone to see. But then it's so easy just to go find someone else. Yeah. It's so easy to cheat. It's so easy. And, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's iffy with me. Like, but, but then also, too, it's like, I feel like I can talk to anyone. Sure. Nick, I am the worst. You guys, I'm the worst on a first date. I am so awkward. Like, I'm so awkward that I've canceled first dates because I just didn't want to go. <laughs> Not even because the guy wasn't attractive, wasn't fun, wasn't like social talking, you know, all this. But like, that's what's funny is I can talk to an, an like, this complete stranger at a bar, but like the, the, the like, anxiety of like a first date yeah so that's another reason i hate those things because it sure. puts all the pressure on the first time you meet that person yeah i didn't i didn't like first dates too much either back in the day so um but, anxiety uh, even talking about it right <laughs> well um what else is there girl i don't know see this is where i'm bad i'm always the one on the other side of the tv so i'm always the one telling people what to say Dude, not asking well, me. this has been this has been fantastic we've been going for a while i mean this is this has been really really good um like we, I knew it was going to be, I told Fiona, I was like, man, it's going to be good. Um, like we had, um, uh, Eric Bledsoe in the studio earlier. It was another, it was another amazing episode. Like you guys, we've just, you guys are killing it today. Yeah. They were telling me about his, um, his, it's a charity, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It's nonprofit. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I love the name too. It, yeah. He killed it with that. He's yeah. a, um, him and his family. I mean, he's been, he's reinvented himself multiple times and he's been super successful. He's just a great dude. It's like it goes back to branding because when you hear his the name of his company, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I get what they do. That's amazing. That's like, right. you know what I mean? It's like it's like that's how important marketing and branding is. He did good. He did he did real good. Yes. So, all right. Um if uh if a company wanted to seek you out, mm-hmm. right? Um I've got some uh I've got some contact information for you here. So you're uh, like me, you're you probably my my last name gets mispronounced all the time. Um, and misspelled a lot too. They put an L in it. Isn't that ugly? Um, they put an L in it right behind the uh, the T and in front of the E. I get a P and an H and an R in my name all the time. A P and H and an R. I don't know why. I don't even know how they get that. So it's Kristen Kukta, K U K T A, right? And you're Kristen at unblurredmedia.com. Mm-hmm. They can check out anything and everything you guys are doing at unblurredmedia.com. You guys have a Facebook and an Instagram as well, mm-hmm. right? And um, but um, if somebody like. I don't know. Um, if somebody wanted to, what are some of the most common questions that they might call? Let's go on ahead and eliminate some. some. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing they always say is, hey, how much it costs to do this? And it's like, oh, we got, we got to have a call. <laughs> like, That's right. You know, it's like I can't sit here and tell you that, there, you know, social media advertising is one one price fits all, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's cheaper, sometimes it's less. And, you know, I even say, too, it's like just even if you're not wanting to do marketing right now, but you have a question about marketing, call me. There you go. Shoot me an email. That's awesome. Well, you the know? um, it's they everybody always wants to know what everything costs first, and um, the Rian and I figured out a, a while back. It was like you know, for with the family that we have, the school that we, we wanted to have choices. We want to have choices for our kids, choices for us, choices for things. 
And for us, we knew that like when we first started this, it was like we just got to get to twenty thousand dollars a month income, two hundred forty k a year. That's when we can actually like make decisions. Like our kid can go to the school that we choose is best for him. I don't like making decisions based on finance. I like making decisions based on what's actually what we're actually trying to do accomplish. And uh, obviously, finance is a factor. And all the all the people that don't have money out there and be like, well, that's what easy for a rich guy to say. That's what they always say on our stuff. I hate it a lot. Um, but like, look, I was poor too. And as a matter of fact, when I started my insurance agency, I had to borrow the money from my parents just to get my license. That's how broke I was when but I started. But it goes back it. to the chapter one through 20. That's right. They want to jump to 20 and they haven't even read the introduction. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but bottom line, um, You've been uh, been killing it for a long time. It was a um, I was so excited when we found out we we're so going to be able to get here. you in. Um, we uh, we've had some uh, a lot of the folks we're going to be bringing back, um, and uh, so I would like to put you on that list. You I know what I'm saying? Because there's tons of stuff that we could have I mean, we could have sat here for four or five hours. Oh, I know I can talk. I've never had so, that problem. <laughs> and, and but even even better, you have actual good stuff to talk about. You know what I mean? And um, I, honestly, I learned a lot sitting here, didn't you, Fiona? Just hanging out with her today. I learned a lot today, um, which is fantastic. But like, folks, um, is, uh, if so, if you are a company, Kristen, what percentage should, like if you said, if a company said, this is my revenue, what should I spend on marketing? See, that's another misconception that there's like a one number go. of 5%, 2%, 10%. It depends on your industry. There you go. Depends on your profit margins. It depends on your revenue. It depends on, you know, you know, you have a client that has five different services. One, there. Some of their service, and that's why I'm like, one size does not fit all. There you go. Because like there's certain services that some of my medical doctors offer that we really don't have to advertise that much because people need them all the time. Yep. But then some of the other ones are more niche, so yeah. it's more money to advertise. So, I mean, it's all over the place. I sometimes say anywhere from 2 to 10%, but there's some people that say up to 15%. Sure. But really, it's just about investing into marketing and making sure you're making a profit. Off and of what do you want to do with it, yeah. And your expectations. <laughs> so, folks, all you, um, all of our business owners out there, um, like uh, if all the questions that you don't know about your marketing, you need to give Kristen a call. You need to check out Unblurred Media, and uh, they'll get you taken care of. They'll help you get a game plan together, a strategy, a budget, all of it, forecast, everything. But um, don't call her. Don't call her if you're not planning on at least hanging out with her for at least a year. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, too, is I think everyone has this misconception that – you know, marketing is always, you know, X amount of dollars or whatever. It's like we can work in different budgets, but if you have such a low budget, then your expectations are completely different. That's right. So it's like, you know, we can find ways to help you market without you having to spend $10,000 a month. That's right. Well, girl, um, this was awesome. Thank Thanks you so much. Me. Thank you so much for being here uh, with I was us today. <laughs> it was it was fun, wasn't I thought it? We had to do that shot of tequila. That's right. <laughs> well, it was fun, man. Um, I had a blast, um, folks. Once again, Kristen Kukta, the founder, owner, and CEO of Unblurred Media. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Hit Streak, man. Um, we're always having a blast here. I'm your man, Nick Heider. Um, you guys stay safe and God bless.